This is Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast, episode 45. I'm Cindy McMillan, and today's guest is Becca Rich. Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. Each week, join Cindy McMillan as she interviews coaches, spiritual explorers, and celebrants from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. I have a special treat for you. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today. Becca Rich is the Holistic Time Management Coach at theholistictimecoach.com. She helps heart-centered women, solopreneurs, and small business owners leverage their time and energy so they can work less and intentionally reach their business and life goals without exploiting themselves. Welcome to the podcast, Becca. I'm so excited to have you here. Hey, Cindy. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, you know, when when I was sitting down, I was kind of like thinking what my next subjects were going to be. And I saw that you were a time management coach. I'm like, yes, with everybody working from home and everything that's going on, that is just perfect. We have learned so much about time this year. So yeah, you know, as a society and yeah, love time, all things time. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to start off with my favorite question. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah, I love this question. And I love that, you know, it comes back to the theme of your entire podcast, right? Like, for me, you know, personally, and in my business, the season of life, seasons of life mean that you're living in accordance with nature, which is like where we belong, you know, and when it comes to more specifically my business, time is not a linear thing. It's cyclical. It's honestly like 3D, 5D, like we don't even understand time. Um, and so when we honor that that true nature that we're, you know, living in accordance with just like the laws of the earth and nature, it's just so much easier to live life, like so much easier to live life. And yeah, I love, you know, shifting with the seasons, moving around. Right now I'm um, a digital nomad. So right now, you know, I was in Colorado and Idaho for the summer or yeah, this past summer. And now I'm in Florida for the winter. And so I, I'm shifting physically also in my personal life with the seasons. Thank you for that. I And I love that what you said about we don't really even understand time. So hopefully we'll go through some of that today and just get a better understanding of time and, and how it affects us. Yeah. But now, Becca, I know that you started your online business in your car at lunch while you were working as an engineer. So I want you to know, first of all, I love that. <laughs> Can you talk about that journey? Yeah, of course. Well, you know, just to bring it back just a little bit, like becoming an engineer was never really a part of like my plan, if you will. I honestly just like found engineering on a whim, got like a scholarship and just like kind of went for it. And, you know, it when I became an engineer, I was working full time as an engineer. I, I really quickly realized I was in the oil and gas industry and I, it wasn't in alignment with my values and, and my ethics and I very quickly was like, this is not the life that I want to live. So it almost immediately like drove me to seeking fulfillment elsewhere. Like I, I don't really have fulfillment in my job. So 
yeah, that's kind of like the foundation of, of becoming an engineer. I was never like, I want to like rule the world in, in oil and gas. And so when I started my online business, I had lunch and I taught yoga after work and I love traveling on the weekend. So really like the bulk of my business was created in my car at lunch. I would schedule calls with folks like just during the lunch hour. I would, you know, I'd have to like, it was just hilarious, like meeting everybody in my car for about a year until I like finally kind of got my wheels turning enough to like know what I was doing. And so that kind of like spurred a lot of well, if I, you know, started my business five hours a day or five hours a week, like I can continue working, you know, a small amount. And so that really opened my eyes to running my business the way that I do currently. Yeah. And I like, and I like that you're able to be a digital nomad and, and go and live and explore all these different places. That is really cool. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's just like I I'm not made for a cubicle like at all. And most of us aren't nowadays like we're just like you know, the whole newer generation of of humans are just like nope, I don't want to be in, in cubicles and, you know, creating a different lifestyle is definitely where I think our society is shifting. So, I'm really grateful for where I am currently in my life. A question that I've been thinking about is how do we become more productive without burning out? And I'm kind of asking that question almost for myself because I do have a full-time job and I'm also creating this podcast at night and on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a huge question, right? This is like the question that we all want the answer to. And because, you know, I coming back to like, I'm a holistic time coach, like, really emphasizing first and foremost, how it's an individual journey to figuring out like, what the anti burnout, anti of burnout looks like for you, right. And then, you know, what is productive for you, specifically for you. So I think my journey, you know, I, had my burnout moment when I was only 18 years old and I, you know, I was in the hospital with an intestine infection, worrying about a deadline for school while I was becoming an engineer. And so like over the last seven years, I was on a journey of just healing myself, discovering myself. And so I'm really grateful for that opportunity of like not starting my business until I was so in tune with myself. I became a yoga teacher, Reiki healer, like astrologer, like all these things to like get to know myself. And I think, you know, if you are struggling by, you know, this, like I said, this is a huge question that my brain could like go in so many different directions. But I would say like number one is to come back to health for you. You know, you have to find a unique for you, sustainable, healthy lifestyle before you're worrying about your external like professional kind of goals and things. So like tangibly, this could look like setting, you know, smaller goals, you know, putting less on your to-do list, equalizing, you know, I, I always say decompartmentalize. So like you have 24 hours. And so decompartmentalizing your business or your professional goals with your health and your lifestyle and all the things that you have to take care of in your life like decompartmentalizing that, bringing it all together in one calendar, one place. Um, We tend to like separate all these different areas of life and that just isn't working for us. So I think, you know, once you come back to who you are, decompartmentalize all those different aspects of your life, 
and then you know work on setting smaller goals you'll be able to make you know so much faster visible progress and while you're healthy and taking care of yourself so you know like i said this is a huge question but i hope that that answer was a little helpful <laughs> yeah it did and what i kind i think i heard so correct me if i'm wrong is that we can't be one person at work one person at home one person you know with our friends that we need to be a holistic human being. Yep, for sure. Especially when it comes to time, you know, I understand like when I was an engineer, I had to show up at work as an engineer. You know, when I was a yoga teacher, I couldn't show up as my engineering self. Like there is different personalities for different areas of your life. But when it comes to time, specifically your to-do list, your calendar, you know, all those tangible things that you think of with time management, decompartmentalizing, because like you said, you know, we're whole people, we're whole humans, and we have 24 hours a day. And, you know, another big piece that I'll, I'll mention is that rest and taking care of ourselves is usually the last thing on our to-do lists and schedules. And it's the most important by far. So like, how can you, and I'll, you know, I'll ask you this, if you want to answer this question, Cindy, um, like, how can you switch that in your life where tangibly in your to-do list or schedule, like you can put yourself first? Yeah. One of the first thing that comes up for me is I worked with a woman years ago. She was a great manager. She was always put together. She had children and she just seemed to have it all together. And I remember asking her one time, how do you do it? How do you do it? And then I remember, Becca, she said that I schedule me first. Yep. For sure. And that was such an eye opener for me. Yeah, it is. It's so true. And, you know, if if you are the type of person, you know, if listening, if you put yourself last or lower on the totem pole of prioritization, how can you, and this, you know, comes back to support and accountability, like how can you get support to switch, to make that switch? Because of it's so important, it's everything, you know, and, you know, there's a lot that goes into this next statement that I'm going to make. But like the other day, I went to the beach, and I have, you know, I, I have this project that I'm working on, and I'm really passionate about it. And yet I stopped myself and went to the beach. I literally basically forced myself because I was like, when I go to the beach or when I rest or when I do the things that bring me joy, you know, that's when things happen. So literally I was at the beach and a new client like came out of nowhere and was like, I want to work with you. So I think the, the universe is you continue to put yourself first and rest first. I believe, you know, and this is a little woo woo like the universe will take care of you in the way that you most need it, whether it's a new client or, you know, just a rejuvenation and, and renewal of yourself, like all of those things are in, in between are amazing. Yeah. And one of the things that I have got to, and we're going to be talking about calendars in, in a few minutes, I really want to get into that. But one of the things that I am going to have to almost force myself is to stop and get in a walk. Let's just say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, just coming back to our society of like, we're just ingrained to like move, 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 work, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. And so when you rest and put yourself first, you are literally going against what our society has been built on 
and all we've known for hundreds of years. And so just know that it's going to be difficult. Like, that's why I bring up a support and accountability system, whether it's, you know, a girlfriend who wants to walk at the same time as you and you get on the phone or like, whatever accountability, again, coming back to like, what works for you and your brain and your soul. But like, yeah, like I've, I use accountability and support almost every day. You know, I have things set up once I've gotten to know what makes me motivated and what what accountability feels good to me, then I use those things to take care of myself first. So, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love everything you're saying, Becca. So can you give us two or three tips on how we can make time for everything we want to do? Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is like, so I actually just recently put a YouTube video out on this because it's so important coming back to that, that statement about the compartmentalization, right? Like we have 24 hours. And so one of my, you know, tangible favorite exercises that you can do literally right now um, is to write down everything. What is everything to you first and foremost? You know, what, what would make it like, what would finally feel like enough? That's like a, a, a really succinct question, but like, what is everything that you need to do whether it's a daily basis, weekly basis, or, you know, whatever time frame that you want to work on would feel enough to you. And then track in whatever time frame, I always like a week. I think a week is like a really nice um, kind of block of time because we a day isn't enough. And, you know, more than a week feels like too much. So like, what would you need to do in a week to feel enough, to feel like you've gotten everything that you need done? And then once you have that list, you know, you can make it more tangible by figuring out like, if you want to move your body, like you said, walk, I if if walking is on the list, then you can create the frequency, right? So how often do you need to do all of these things to feel enough? And then the next step is put it all in a calendar, see if it's even possible to have time for everything that you want to do. And that is just a quick exercise that you can do just to like, start becoming like familiar with time and how you know time is structured in your life and like what a big question you know is enough right so like what would feel enough to you and so that's a quick exercise that you can do and I think that when you visualize your week and you have everything that you know you want to do then what comes up what feeling comes up in your gut like is it like oh wait I do have time for enough or like it's a oh man, my schedule is super packed. Like you have to really go inwards and like figure out like, how do you feel once you see that you have time for everything or that you don't have time for everything, whatever the conclusion is of that exercise. That sounds like a great exercise that I'm going to do. And I love the questions that you were, you were asking is especially around your feelings, you know, because a lot of times when we're looking at that calendar, it we're not even thinking about our feelings. We're thinking about all those things, projects, to-do lists that we have to get done. Yep. And, you know, one of the, I'll go back to support and accountability. Like, you know, once my personal like journey, my healing journey, like I've been working with a somatic therapist for over a year now. And so like the work that I've done to go inwards and like, you know, look at my feelings, feel my feelings about my time, my calendar, and so many different other things in my life, it has really shifted. It has really, really, really shifted my life. And so 
come back to how you feel all the time, you know, and that's a really great practice of, you know, being more productive without burning out is, is coming back to yourself, right? Coming back to who you are at the center. Now, we've talked about the calendar a couple of times. How important is it to use a calendar? And does it have to be a digital calendar or can it be a paper calendar or is it just whatever is a preference? Yeah. So, you know, coming back to the, the preference thing is totally important because coming back to what works best for you. However, I, there's pros and cons to both. Um, digital and paper. So I think that the digital calendar I've been using more for the past year and a half, two years, and that's what I try and teach my clients unless they're like, absolutely not. And so the digital is is amazing because you can flexibly move things around like so easily. And so with the paper though, you're able to like make a deeper connection with your brain and your body. So I think that there's room for both like within the process of what I teach my clients and what I do personally. But coming back to that first question, how important is a calendar? You know, because time isn't real, <laughs> our like, because, you know, I'm reading a book about the physics of time right now. So my brain could go down a, a spiral hole of physics and I'm not going to do that to you. But time isn't real technically but our society values time. And so the best thing you can do for yourself is to use a calendar. One, because you create your own meaning of time, which is kind of what I've touched on a few times. But since time isn't real, it's this morphing blob, a calendar helps you actually visually see time. So it helps your brain understand time and create meaning to it in your own life. It's not just like, appointments and calendars. It's like, literally, what do you want to spend your time on? And time is your life, right? It's not just like to-do list, like time is literally your life. So the second piece to a calendar is that you're intentional with your life. And you like, I have over the last two years is like, how can I make my calendar more spiritual and personal? And, you know, it's all individualized coming back to that. But there is a way to make your calendar intentional, personal, spiritual, like whatever values you're looking for in your calendar um, to visually see time, to be intentional with your life. And then that thir- like a third thing about your calendar is that when all of those things kind of start to click into play, like you are much more realistic about how much you think that you're capable of. I know a huge issue is a lot of people put tons of stuff on their to-do list and then they beat themselves up at the end of the day because they didn't finish it all. And so when you visually see time in your calendar with your tasks, I teach putting your to- like to-do list into your calendar, not ta- like it's different than time blocking kind of, but when you put all that stuff in, you are much more realistic with your to-do list, with yourself, with what you can do which honestly leads to a more compassionate life. And that is the goal of managing your time is to be more compassionate as well as productive. So yeah, I mean, I could give you so many different reasons why I think it's important to use a calendar, but those are probably my top three. Yeah, that, those were those were very good. And especially having it in there and being able to see see your time. I like the way you described that. Yeah, I think as, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I work mainly with entrepreneurs as well, people who are, you know, growing their passion and 
And I think that we're all pretty visual. Generally speaking, we're all visual people. And I think a lot of people are just generally speaking. And so, um, yeah, like coming back to visualizing, like seeing it, it, it helps your brain make sense of it more. What lessons did you learn from 2020 about time? So many. Um, so the first one is time management is really control. When we think of time management, we think of stress, we think of, you know, not enough, we think of all these like more negative experiences, quote, quote, negative. Um, and so really, it boils down to, like, you're trying to control time. And I think, you know, coming back to time isn't real, I believe that that time is its own living, breathing entity, kind of like how Elizabeth Gilbert talks about creativity and ideas as its own living, breathing thing. Like, you cannot control time. Instead, you know, and obviously we, we've gotten a huge lesson of in, in control with, with COVID in, in 2020. Um, and so I think that, you know, that lesson around control really paralleled my lesson around time. Like we cannot control time for the most part. We have to learn how to work with it and flow with it. You know, like I said, one of the biggest things is to visualize time and create meaning create your own personal meaning of time. And so I think that that is, has been a huge lesson is, is allowing time to breathe and to be its own thing and work with it. Thank you, Becca. You, you're just, you're just amazing with, with your, your ideas around time. I mean, you're saying things quite honestly that I haven't heard before. Yeah. I, I've like been studying time for so long now. I, it's honestly like, you know, when people say niche down to their core wound, like, and this is getting super personal, I don't know, I'm just going to share it. But like, my core wound is, you know, being not spent time on, you know, and so I think that as I learn more about more about time and how society, like, I'm, I'm really venturing into how society and culture uses time to oppress us and our humanness, reclaiming our meaning of time, reclaiming our lives reclaiming our energy, like all these things are just so, so, so deeply important to me. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I like it. And I'm a problem solver engineer. So I love numbers and I love all the things I'm like reading about entropy right now in regards to time. So I'm, yeah, <laughs> I am a nerd. Well, thank you for sharing your story because I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. If we talk about time freedom, it's got to be really important for people to, for their own selves to describe to themselves, what is time freedom? Because that's something different to all of us. Can you just go into that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So on one level, right, because coming back to individual, like personal um, journey with time and in our lives. Yes, we all have a different definition of time. But I also want to bring it back to the collective of like, we all have different like external like I want to for me be a digital nomad. Some people don't. So like, that's my personal experience. But then also like time freedom is just not feeling that pressure, right? So like, collectively, we all share a same similar definition, part of the definition of time freedom. Um, not to feel our to-do list weighing us down, not to um, be able, not to have time for the things that we love. And so there's both, 
you know, personal and collective definitions of time freedom. But coming back to like how important it is to define it, it's it's everything, right? Like I think in any spiritual journey, any healing, awakening journey, they'll say to you, the first step is awareness, right? And so when we're searching, 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 without even knowing what you're searching for, nothing is ever going to feel enough. And that is, you know, the reason why you never feel like your to-do list is ever done, right? Is because of that searching, 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 always needing more and more and more. When in reality, for most of us, it's in front of our faces. Like, we just have to take a moment to like step back and bird's eye view it and, you know, define it, become aware of it, all of that stuff. And so I think, you know, it's a simple shift of just defining what time freedom is for you on a personal level, but then also, you know, coming back to that collective level and just seeing like how close you are to it, you know, how close when I was working in my engineering job, like I was fortunate to have a decent bit of time off just because of the, you know, policies of the company. So like I would go and, you know, rent a van with my husband and travel for 10 days. Like I was already really close to being able to live the lifestyle that I wanted, but I, it wasn't enough, enough, enough. And so like once I then, you know, became a digital nomad this past July and, and I realized how close I already was to it. And it's just a simple perspective shift, honestly. And so a great example, so I want to st- tell this a little, like, little short story. Because I hiked a lot over the summer in, in the mountains. When you're starting a hike, if you've ever hiked before, you start a hike and you're like, you know, it's steeper, it's getting steeper. And you're like, oh my God, I just want this to be over. Like, I just want to be at the top. Like, all of that stuff. And that is the feeling that we're all most of the time in when it comes to, you know, spending our time. We're all rushing. We're all, you know, let's just get this over with. Um, I just want to be done with my to-do list and then I'll breathe, right? So you're hiking up this mountain and, you know, I had this experience towards the later half of my summer while I was hiking and I just like looked up and I saw a family of moose and like all the trees, I started hugging trees, super weird. I was like touching all of them. And it was really just like this perspective shift of like, oh my God, I'm here. And wow. And then you get to the top of the mountain, right? If you get your to-do list done, you can either get to the top of the mountain and be like, oh, look, there's another mountain. I'm going to go climb that one. I'm not done yet. I didn't do enough. I didn't make it in time. I didn't like think about this so you can be at the top of the mountain doing all of that stuff or you could be at the top of the mountain having a picnic and enjoying the scenery and um you know taking a photo and if you have service facetiming your mom like you could live in enjoying and celebrating and so there's two different peaks to this mountain and so yeah like it's it's really just a perspective shift same journey different different view, different eyes, different, different sight. So I hope that that was a a nice analogy there. (laughs) That was a great analogy. I mean, as you were talking, I could actually feel my heart beating as you were when you especially when you got to that. Oh, look, there's another mountain, you know, that was that was great. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) So what have you read or listened to recently that's inspired you? Yeah, so um, 
I recently, like a couple weekends ago, I read two books in one weekend. I read over 500 pages and I'm not that big of a reader. Like I, my brain, as you can tell, my brain just like is full. Um, and so I, I read two books in, in one weekend and it was really magical. And so the first one I read um, is the one that I want to talk about is The Alchemist. And I, I'm sure you've heard of it if you're listening to this. Um, and if you haven't, it's it's this simple story. It's about 150-ish pages. Maybe, no, one like 70. I'm not sure. Um, and it's a simple and profound story of just going after your dreams and trusting the universe. And so through this book, it's it's really powerful to the messages in it and the stories, the analogies, like all the things, you know, I would, I would pause the book and look up at my husband and ask him a question. Um, like, what's your personal legend is like the, the, the thing about, I don't, I don't know if you've read it, Cindy, but I was like, what's your personal legend? And like all these things. And, I, you know, when a book captures you like that and brings it back into your life, that's like, that's super special to me. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm reading a book also about the physics of time, which I would not necessarily recommend unless you like entropy and equations and, and things. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I and I have heard of the alchemist. So so thanks for sharing that. And Becca, I have loved having you on the podcast. I have loved it so much. Can you just please let all the listeners know how to find you? how to work with you, your social media? Yeah, so my website, pretty much everything online um, is The Holistic Time Coach, right? So website, theholistictimecoach.com, YouTube channel, The Holistic Time Coach, Instagram, The Holistic Time Coach. Um, and yeah, you can work with me one-on-one coaching. It's a really, ex it, it's a fun journey. I love working with people. Obviously, you can tell I love time um, and just feeling enough. That's like the where my brain keeps coming back to now is, is how to spend our time to feel enough at the end of the day and to feel fulfilled and spend our time intentionally. So if that is something that you would like more of in your life, feel free to reach out on, you know, website, Instagram, all those things. Thank you so much. And the last question that I, that is also one of my favorites is if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? Yeah. Well, I kind of mentioned like, you know, what ha was happening in my life when I was 18 with my big, you know, burnout moment and things like that. Um, and then also, you know, I wasn't expecting it to, to say this uh, story about the mountain, but I wrote down for this question is to breathe, don't rush through it, and look up and see what's really around you. So I guess I, I, I told that, that story for also my 18-year-old self of, you know, climb the mountain and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you.
Thanks for joining us this week on Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. Make sure to visit our website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you could simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out as well. Until next time, live inspired.